You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, everybody? This is Faraz. I'm here with Zach. We're ready to go over everything that we were supposed to go over for week yeah. 11. Last night, last night got me on tilt a little bit. It has a lot of people on tilt, specifically Kadarius Tony, but we'll get there. We'll get there. I <laughs> yeah. uh, hope everyone's doing well on this Monday morning. Uh, we had we had some good games yesterday. Um, you know, not as many waiver wire options that we had like we had the week before. Uh, one yeah. of those waiver wire, waiver wire options didn't work out so well. One of them worked out really well with Christian yeah. Watson on Thursday night. Um, and we talked about that on Friday. But uh, let's let's get into it, Zach. You know, hope all is good with you. I see you wearing your Cowboys jersey. How you feeling this morning? Oh, I'm feeling so much better. Uh, the Packers game doesn't even exist anymore in my mind. It's gone. You know, <laughs> we, we, we got a big win in Minnesota. I'm happy. That, that enough said. You know, Tony Pollard, he's looking good. They better keep using him, dude. I know, I know Zeke was coming back from the injury. You know, they, he's supposedly on a snap count. He's still got two touchdowns, but they better keep using Tony Pollard the way you're using him because the offense is just so much better. <laughs> yeah, man. It really is, dude. And, you know, honestly – you know, just seeing what he could do, you know, and it wasn't even just the big plays, right? Like he had the big plays, but like you just give it to him, you know, and he just the way he cuts the corner just to get like a simple like eight yards, nine yards for a first down. It's like nothing for him. Yeah, He's like he's just su- super talented, you know, and, and um, it's one of those things. You just got to get the ball in his hands. He's so fresh because he hasn't had the touches, you know, and he, he's actually a little bit older than, you know, most running backs, you know, are at that breakout age, but. You know, he, he's just fresh because they haven't used him at all. So he's got he's got fresh legs. He's definitely explosive. And now he's getting used in a receiving game suddenly. I don't know if that's going to be sustainable. I don't think we're going to see 100 yards from him every week in the receiving game. But scrimmage yards, he's looking pretty good, you know, as far as production goes. He doesn't even need that many touches. Um, he, he got a lot, obviously, last week and, and this week. But um, the, the, he's not dependent on that. He's very efficient. These Memphis running backs, man. You yeah, got to keep right. an eye on whoever's coming out of these this this program, dude. Like they're just versatile, <laughs> they're just good, man. I don't know what what kind of what what they're eating or drinking over there, but like it's it's working, it's yeah. working. Um, <laughs> before I get into today's podcast, just want to let you guys know that uh, you know one really cool way, you know, to like make your make your um, game day experience a little bit better is by playing underdog uh if you use the code upper hand they're doubling the first your first deposit up to a hundred dollars right now uh make sure you take advantage of that uh we we went like 50 50 in our picks this weekend uh but you know we're gonna be putting up some more picks for tonight uh on underdog i had a few of them zach i'm sure you saw a couple of them but i do like i i do like jimmy 
you know, under 31 and a half passing attempts. Uh, you know, he he hasn't hit 31, 32 in uh, in a couple games now. And I kind of feel like, you know, especially with Kyler not starting tonight with the 49ers defense, you know, being pretty good, I feel like he might not have to pass a whole lot. So I like the under there. Uh, I also like him to be efficient and throw two touchdowns in this game. So I got the over. Oh, I'm sorry, the higher uh, than 1.5 passing touchdowns yeah. for him. Um, I like Brandon Ayuk over four receptions. I kind of feel like that one's a gimme. That one feels like right? free money. I was going to say. Free, right? Like that one seems like really low. So I'm yeah. definitely like Ayuk is probably the strongest one, in my opinion, out of out of the ones that I had. Um Debo Samuel, you know, over 11 and a half rushing yards. I feel like with his lack of usage there lately, like that's a really low number too. And he can get that on one run. Uh, he had yeah. four rushes, rushing attempts last week. And that was with Christian McCaffrey and with Elijah Mitchell healthy. So I like that. I also like Christian McCaffrey to score in this game uh, on the ground. You know, those goal line carries are going to be there. I feel like in this game with the 49ers potentially dominating. We'll see. You never know because this game is in Arizona, right? So it's not, yeah. it's not at home. You never know what these games will turn out. You know, like a lot of the times you, you go into these games, you're like, you kind of know how it's going to turn out. It doesn't always work out that way. But no, I do like McCaffrey to score on the ground this game, get 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 a couple goal line carries. And then James Conner, you know, this is a tough game for him, you know, uh, you know, on the road. I'm sorry. He's at home. However, very tough matchup against San Francisco. Doesn't have Kyler Murray. Uh, yes, they might depend on him, but the matchup might be a little bit too tough to overcome. I'm not sure how well they're going to be sustaining drives against his team. So uh, I do have him under or lower than his 71 and a half scrimmage yards that, 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 that he had up uh, that underdog has up for today. So if you choose a bunch of these, you know, you're going to basically be multiplying your money. You can choose, you know, three picks, four picks, five picks, and you'll end up six Xing, 10 Xing or 20 Xing your money. And just use code upper hand when you do download and we do when you do make your first deposit. So you can get that 100% match that they offer. All right. With that being said, let's get into it, dude. Let's talk about yesterday's games. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you want me to get to, guys. We'll get to it, I promise. Okay. There's a lot of interesting things. You want, I know you want me to talk talk to talk about Kadarius Tony right now. I ain't gonna do it. I ain't no. gonna do it. Okay. You're gonna restrain you're, yourself. No, no, not way. yet. I'm gonna restrain <laughs> myself because I have so I don't know, man feel some type of way about that one but <laughs> we'll, we'll get there we'll get there all right um yeah. let's talk about the patriots let's start with them um damian harris right if you were watching red zone you saw damian harris like kind of rip off some chunk plays and you're like uh-oh yeah oh coming out, out of the bye you know are these two like you know is damian harris kind of making his way back into this rotation and he is you know he even you know outperformed Ramondre on the ground um and, you know, Damian Harris is looking as healthy as he can be, right? However, Ramondre Stevenson still was on the field for 78% of snaps. He still had 21 opportunities. So, you know, if you're watching Red Zone and your teammates, your, your league mates are watching Red Zone, they saw the big plays from Harris. If you need a running back, I'm sending an offer for Ramondre right now, right? Yeah. Because with the numbers that he had, he still looks like an RB1 rest of season. You know, and I was thinking about it. I was like, it was, you know, it was in the in the back of my head, like, hmm. You know, after this bye week, I wonder, hmm, hmm. <laughs> after this, <laughs> after this bye week, I wonder, you know, with Damian Harris getting a little healthier, you know, how much will he kind of like move this, shift this rotation just a little bit? And he didn't really. It just, it just so happened to get a touch on the snaps that he was on the field for. Um, so Ramondre, mm -hmm. man. Looking like an RB one rest of season, you know. After the bye, if you're not going to make any sort of change, it ain't going to happen the rest of the season. So, 
I'm sending off for Stevenson if I can. Yeah, just look at the way that he was used and the production that he had, even in a game where this Patriots offense did nothing. I mean, absolutely zero. No touchdown score whatsoever. He still and it was a tough with, matchup. Yeah, in a tough matchup. It, he still put up 14.2 points. You know, he caught six passes. That receiving work is what's going to buoy him even through these bad weeks. We've seen this, you know, with Ramondre Stevenson. You might look at Damian Harris and go, oh, well, he did have 65 65 yards on eight carries. And yes, you know, I was watching Red Zone. I know what you're talking about. It seemed like every time they cut to the Patriots game, which wasn't often, it was Damian Harris having a long run. But Ramondre Stevenson, you know, just kind of floating under the radar with his passing work. And that's what's going to make him, you know, extremely valuable and much more valuable than Damian Harris moving forward. Um, I like Ramondre Stevenson to get six targets, you know, each week more than I like Damian Harris to run for 65 yards, average eight yards a carry, 100%. So I'm not worried about Ramondre Stevenson, like you said. The uh, opportunities, the snap share, they're all going Stevenson's way still, even with Harris doing his thing. Um, Harris might continue to be, you know, a little bit of a thorn in the side because he is a good running back. It's not that he's not a good player, but Rondre Stevenson is just, you know, the complete package for the Patriots, and they should continue to use him as such uh, heading uh, moving forward and down the stretch. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, you know, looking at another running back who got extra opportunity this week is David Montgomery. Uh, he was yeah. on the field for 80% of snaps, he got 20 touches. He totaled 121 yards, and he's a borderline RB1 play, high-end RB2 play, as long as Khalil Herbert's out. Yeah, 100%. And you, and you know what? Uh, Justin Fields, too, like, he's hurt, right? Like, he had his sho- he, he has a shoulder injury now. And we'll yeah. see we'll see about that. You know, we haven't necessarily, you know, we, we haven't got any word on how severe it is. He might miss a game or two. We never know. But either way. You know, if it feels is out, I would assume they depend on Montgomery more. But at the end of the day, you kind of want Fields to play so this offense can move. Yeah, I mean, my assessment of David Montgomery moving forward, even though Justin Fields, you know, played really well, um, it's not going to de- depend entirely on whether Justin Fields is injured or not. But um, my analysis is that David Montgomery is pretty good. You know, he, he looks <laughs> like he's doing what he needs to do. Um, this is kind of what we expected with Clover Herbert being out. Tristan Abner was pretty much a non-factor. He got six carries, but he only took it for eight yards. Um, David Montgomery, he's just going to get all the work at this point. You know, that's all you have to worry about with him. I don't think his ceiling is tremendously high, um, whether that's with Justin Fields on the field or not. Um, if Justin Fields is playing, you know, there's a good chance he's taking those touch, a couple of those touchdowns uh, for the Bears each week. But um, if he isn't, you know, the offense is just going to be that much worse. And David Montgomery, his ceiling is going to be capped anyway. But he's going to be a fantastic, you know, RB2 play for you, I think, moving forward with low end RB1 upside, I think, each week. And that's kind of what we saw. Um, it, it wasn't. A fantastic matchup. It wasn't a bad. It wasn't like a very good matchup either against Atlanta. But uh, I think that Dave Montgomery, we can expect this type of week moving forward. Twenty-one is right around where I think he'll settle most weeks as long as he scores a touchdown. Um, but he has a nice solid workload to lean on now that he didn't have before. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, I, I th- this was an easy one to pick, right? Like, and his 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 prop this week was pretty low too with his rushing prop, and you know we yeah. were able to smash that one pretty successfully. Uh, but yeah, man, Justin Fields, let's hope that he's okay because, you know, it could be an AC sprain. It's possible that that's the case. He could miss a week or two. Uh, hopefully that's not the case, though, because we've been dependent on him. And even in this game, you know, like he didn't put up a monster game. You know, he had a little bit of a tough outing. but still really good. I mean, I still put up a very points. Solid like, come on. Yeah. Right. And that, that seems like his floor right now. Yeah. 100%. The way he's rushing the ball. And they said this injury, it's a shoulder injury, it's his left shoulder, right? So maybe there's a chance he plays through it. You know, he doesn't yeah, need I that left that. shoulder. You could put it in a sling. We saw Baker Mayfield do that, but obviously 
you know, Baker Mayfield's Baker Mayfield. Hopefully we don't get those results. Um, either way, regardless, though, I think this is going to limit his rushing usage um, if he does continue to play, if he decides to play through it. Um, obviously, if he if he's out, you're not going to start him. But um, if he does end up playing through it, you know, he's going to have to rely more on his arm, which, you know, isn't necessarily what we want to see. I mean, he's been able to do really well because of his rushing ability, and that's what's really kind of elevated him. Uh, I'm not sure how much I trust just his arm if that becomes the case. I think the design runs will go r- way down. We're not going to see 18 carries a game like he he did. He had 18 carries uh, against the Falcons. I don't think we'd see that. So I would temper expectations regardless moving forward, even if he does say he's going to play, if it's just a minor shoulder injury. Um, injuries like that tend to lower to decrease the amount of rushing attempts that they'll get, I think. And we saw kind of, you know, We've seen quarterbacks get hurt and then they don't run as much. Hopefully it's not the case for Justin Fields, but um, like Dak Prescott, we saw he used to run a lot more and he doesn't anymore. Um, Whether that's because of the injury or not, you could say you you can make an argument for or against that. But Justin Fields, hopefully he's good because he's been a cheat code for fantasy and you've probably been riding him into a playoff contention uh, if you haven't. The Falcons uh, in this game, um, their backfield went from a three-man rotation to a two-man rotation between Cordell Patterson and Algier. Uh, so we're making progress here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the, these two, like they pretty much split snaps down the middle. Uh, I think both are startable. Um, you know, if this continues, obviously Patterson's ceiling gets lowered. I would I would have assumed that Patterson would have taken a bigger lead in this backfield, but you know, Algier has looked good, you know, in his opportunities, you know, so far this year in Patterson's absence. So we could see this one to, you know, continue as is. Patterson, you know, he broke the record for kick return touchdowns yeah. uh, yesterday, which is kind of cool to see. So you you probably got the six points from that uh, as well. So that's great. But, you know, this is a little bit something to monitor moving forward. But I think both these guys can, can be started. I would say as like, I would say Patterson is like a low-end RB2, and then Algier is a uh, high-end RB3. Yeah, I think they're really similar, and I don't think it's going to really be a hot hand kind of thing. You know, they're just both going to get their snaps. Um, Cordell Patterson, I think, gets, like you said, the edge by just a little bit. Uh, their upsides, they're just going to, you know, they're just going to kind of screw each other over as far as upside goes. <laughs> because uh, once Cordell Patterson, you know, gets his touches, then they're going to get Tyler Algier on the field a little bit. And Tyler Algier looks really good. And, you know, obviously he's a lot younger than Patterson. Patterson still looks good running the ball, but. It's going to be hard to keep Algier off the field. I think they're going to be, you know, primed for more of a 50-50 split, more of what we saw against the Bears this week moving forward. Um, Kyle Pitts, you know, he looked like he had a bad knee injury, unfortunately. Uh, We're waiting results of an MRI to see what's up. It looks like it's an MCL sprain, and that would be the – that would be a good thing, to be honest with you, because you obviously don't want an ACL. Judging by the video, a lot of people thought that it might be an ACL injury. But it, it, it's if it's an MCL, it's good news. But he could still miss time. Um, so yeah. so we'll see. Now, if Pitts does make time, make, miss time, then Drake London, you know, becomes a, a bit more viable moving for, forward. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> but know. like you know, Pitts Pitts has seen a ton of targets though. Like the target share has been huge for Pitts over the last couple of games. So with. Drake London being like the sole guy, like obviously you're gonna see like Zacchaeus like catch long touchdowns out of nowhere, of course. Demir Bird, um, yeah. Demir Bird, right? Exactly. But I think Drake London can be potentially pushed into maybe, maybe a top thirty wide receiver. Maybe it could be. 
He could be. It just depends because this is obviously a run first offense. Um, obviously you hate to see Kyle Pitts go down, but it makes your job a lot easier when you're choosing between tight ends now, if he would miss time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> With yeah. the way the tight end landscape is, <laughs> you don't have to worry about starting. But the funny thing is, you know, in this game where he went down, he was actually looking pretty good as far yeah. as production. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't too late in the game that he went down. You know, he had five targets, three catches for 43 yards. He was actually getting the ball. He was on his bit. way. It seemed like he was on his way to a big game. It seemed like he was on his way to at least a tight end one performance, which would have been awesome, you know, but um, hopefully it's nothing too serious. I feel serious. like that, that's, that's that line right there. It's already a tight end one performance. That's what it feels like these days. I mean, <laughs> Travis Kelsey, if you, caught, you know. Is, if you caught three balls for like 45 yards, I feel like that's that's already, that puts you in the top 12 among all tight ends for, Pretty for, much. for any given week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you were choosing, like guys like Hayden Hurst, he had one catch for 21 yards, and then he had one more catch after that. Like the tight end landscape is so barren. And then you have Travis Kelsey putting up three touchdowns on Sunday night. Travis Kelsey, man, like he, he, his lead, you know, amongst, among tight ends, like is unbelievable. Like the positional advantage you have if you drafted Kelsey, like that has helped you a ton. Like yeah. that has helped you so much. Uh, so that, you know, if you have Kelsey, like you're the biggest positional advantage of any position right now. You yeah. know, if you have Eckler, it's a nice advantage, but it's not a huge positional advantage over the next guy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, same thing with Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup. Like, not a huge positional advantage over the next guy, right? So, at, at the end of the day, like, if you have Kelsey, like, you are absolutely rolling. So, it seems to me, like, next year, in, early in drafts, like, we're going to have to prioritize guys like Kelsey, you know? But if there is no guy Kelsey, like Kelsey, that's you, it. you, that's you it. won't really do it. You know? Yeah, unless you're getting Kelsey, do not draft a tight end. <laughs> At least the way things are going yeah. right now, do not draft a tight end until you know late rounds because you could just get the same value for a guy that's in the late rounds as you are going to get in the mid rounds. Like I made the mistake, I took Kyle Pitts in the third round this season in one of my drafts, hoping that he would be able to you know come through and reach that upside because he is still a unicorn. It's just really upsetting um, that he hasn't been able to hit that, and some of that's out of his control, just the way the offense is schemed. And, you know, Marcus Mariota, quarterback. I had a little bit more hope because Marcus Mariota did make Delaney Walker, you know, a tight end one a few years ago. So um, it's been disappointing for Kyle Pitts. This is a rough setback, you know. Obviously, he wasn't doing amazing things for you in your lineup, but this is just another blow. We don't want to see Kyle Pitts go down. Uh, hopefully, it's nothing major, like you said. Like, if it's an MCL sprain, okay, that's fine. ACL would be that, – that would maybe tank his stock a little bit, you know, moving forward. It would. It would really – it would hurt his dynasty stock by a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it would definitely hurt his stock a little bit. I would still buy. Um, I'm still buying right now. Um, if it's an MCL sprain, definitely still buy. But even ACL, I'm okay buying. We just don't. I wouldn't expect a whole lot, you know, next year. Yeah. You know. Moving on to Baltimore, Demarcus Robinson ended up catching all nine of his targets for 128 yards from Lamar Jackson. You know, should we be paying attention to this? Because Devin Duvernay only had one target. Right, Duvernay yeah. hasn't seen seen a high target share at all, and we've gotten a good sample, decent sample size, you know, of uh, Lamar missing uh, Rashad Bateman, right? And Robinson saw twenty four percent target share, eighteen percent target share, and now twenty seven percent target share over the last couple of games. So they have Jacksonville next week, so maybe Robinson can be an option in deep leagues. Um, he also has a decent schedule too, like playoff schedule as well. Yeah. So if, if he pans out as like Lamar wanting to go to him and he looked good in this game. So if Lamar wanted, wants to go with him and he makes him his wide receiver one moving forward. And then you look at that playoff schedule, like he might be a little bit of an underrated ad. 
He could be an underrated ad. Um, I, I think it's tough to say, like, should we be paying attention to this? Yes, obviously you should. Um, with the way that the Baltimore receiving core is, you know, wiped out, they don't have a whole lot left, you know, with Rashad Bateman out and Mark Andrews was missing. No, he played, but he was playing a little bit injured. Um, he's been missing the past couple of weeks. You know, somebody has to catch a passes in Baltimore. And if it's not Rashad Bateman, I think it's just going to be, you know, back and forth. It's, I don't think, the, uh, what's the name? Demarcus Robinson is going to have this type of game week to week. Maybe, you know, like you said, in terms of his value right now, it could go up depending on whether, like you said, Lamar Jackson sticks with him. But I wouldn't count on this type of production. Certainly not, you know, nine uh, nine catches and 128 yards each week. I think it's, you know, kind of liable to go either way. Devin well, Duke I mean, could turn around and if have DeMarcus a Robinson. If DeMarcus Robinson scored nine for 128 every single week, he'll be the overall wide receiver one. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> but, it's, it, but it, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's, that's going to happen. He would literally... Yeah. I don't think so either. Hell no. Of course not. But but can he maintain a high target share? Right? Can he be viable? Like can he be uh, this would this if you do pick up DeMarcus Robinson you're like can he be a viable wide receiver 3 for me moving forward? Right? Like that's what it's yeah. really about. Like if he catches 9 for 128, the dude's a new Amara St. Brown. But right? we we know that's not going to happen. Yeah. So it's more about like can he be viable? Is he fantasy relevant? Like that's that's really he what it's about. He can be here. viable. I think he could be viable. And that's pretty much where I put his ceiling. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think it's going to be too his. I, I'm not sure he reaches this ceiling again the rest of the season, unless. Who you know, would you rather happen. pick up this week? Demarcus Robinson or let's see. Who, who, who do we got? Matt Collins. Demarcus Robinson or Matt Collins? This not week? Demarcus Robinson. No. Yeah. Matt Collins got some targets yesterday, too. I think he had some like targets. targets or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Some targets. So. You know, obviously, with you know Hunter Renfro missing and Darren Waller missing, that might be a decision that a lot of people have to make. So, I think I'm going to lean to Marcus Robinson as well, just because there's a chance that you know he is Lamar's wide receiver one. Yeah, I guess at this point, yeah, maybe if you're scouring the waiver wire for you know the next uh, waiver wire hit, you know it could be him. Like you said, there's not many situations out there where you have a chance to pick up a wide receiver one on a team on the waiver wire. This is a pretty barren waiver wire. This week, I would say outside of, it's not a whole yeah, lot. Outside of Samaj P. Ryan, yeah, outside of Samaj P. Ryan, that's that. That's probably it. Um, and we'll we'll get to Samaj P. Ryan in, in a little bit. Um, yeah. So it turns out that a neutral site for Amari Cooper is just fine. Yeah. Twelve targets, eight catches, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. Both him and Donovan Peoples Jones came through this week. Uh, DPJ caught five for 61 and a touchdown as well. Uh, but Nick Chubb, he couldn't get anything going on at you know on the ground at all. 14 carries for 19 yards, like that might be the worst game ever by Nick Chubb. Like I yeah. never, I've never seen him do that before, and I'm assuming that most of that was not his fault. Um, <laughs> because he <laughs> Nick Chubb can do no wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, Amari Cooper, dude, like you know. It's one of those things where, you know, you got to embrace the we, – we talked about this with Amari Cooper. You got to embrace the volatility. You know, you can't take him out of your lineup because if you do, there's going to be games like this where he's sitting on your bench. So you have to eat it when he stinks. And yeah. when he comes through, you you have to have him in your lineup because otherwise you're going to be picking the wrong weeks where he 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 goes off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't be pulling Amari Cooper in out of your lineup. That's the thing with these types of boom-bust players. You know, you hate to have them when they bust, but when they boom, you know, you're winning weeks. Um, he's the overall wide receiver 10 in terms of points scored right now. 
you know, obviously we've seen that production come in, in bunches and then, you know, he doesn't produce at all. But um, if you were watching the game, you know, he had a really just a massive first half. I think at the end of the first half, he had six for 91 and touchdown, which is awesome. And he pretty much went away for the next quarter and a half. And then in that garbage time, you know, the last few minutes of the game, the Browns put together all these drives suddenly, you know, and scoring drives too. Like Amari Cooper, you know, he's catching touchdowns. He was a couple inches away, I think, from a two-point conversion that I saw. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, he really came through at the end for you at the end with a touchdown to kind of cap it off. He's been on a bit of a run himself too. You know, he's actually a viable receiver. Oh, yeah. But the thing about Amari Cooper, you know, the neutral site's one thing. Yeah, he had a great game on neutral site. We're not going to pay much more attention as we know that, you know, home away. It, it's an odd trend that we're seeing with Cooper. But he can get better. You know, this is Deshaun Watson coming back in, what, two weeks now? Is that, is that what it is? So, yeah, Jacoby Brissett is doing this with Amari Cooper. We've seen Amari Cooper do his thing. He can. St- he, it's not like he can't play, and it, it hurts me to see him play really well because Dallas lost him. But Amari Cooper, you know, he's a really good fantasy receiver, and he was a value, I think, you know, at this point. The way where he was going in drafts coming in this season, it's looking like um, that was way too low. Amari Cooper is going to be – I, I think he's a wide receiver one, absolutely, in terms of fantasy. A low-end wide receiver one most weeks uh, with the upside to be, you know, a, a mid- to high-end wide receiver one each week. But then also, you know, it goes the other way, too, if he has a bad day. You know, he, he's, he's like a really strong boom-bust option, which is weird to think because the game logs will tell you that he's boom-bust, but his overall points scored are so high, it's just like he doesn't feel like a like Gabe Davis. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. And, and you know, he has to be ranked at least probably in the top 15, you know, yes. uh, every, every single week. Um, let, me, let me just think where you had him coming into this week, last week. I know you had him at wide receiver 20. <laughs> yeah, I had him at wide receiver 20. And I think we adjusted during the podcast. We like, did, yes. Him up, uh, because it was too low. Uh, mm-hmm. Those were my, ha- those are my, if I'm not mistaken, those are my hangover rankings. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With my wife and I, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, I was reviewing the podcast, like, because I wanted to see how, you know, how things were going. So I listened to that, the beginning part of that podcast. And um, I, I thought it was just funny. I was listening to it this morning and I was just mm-hmm. like, wow, like, I really powered through that one because I felt, I remember how <laughs> I was feeling that morning. Right. Uh, and I, 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 we did all right. We did all right. So I was, yeah, happy. it was good. You know, I couldn't <laughs> tell much of, I couldn't tell much of a difference. You know what I'm saying? That was good. It's not man. like you were slurring good. your words or anything. Like you, you were I good. was doing, oh, hey, man, I was powering through. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I want to talk about Washington's backfield real quick. Antonio Gibson, he ended up with 21 touches. He totaled 103 yards. 
He outcarried Brian Robinson, and that's big, right? Yeah. If he has if he has a chance of outcarrying Brian Robinson, you know, and he's going to be involved in the pass game, right? He already has a role in all three downs. Sixty eight percent of snaps in this game. JD McKissick was just put on IR, and you know because of all that, Gibson's going to have an RB two floor every week, and he he hasn't hit that RB one upside yet, but he has RB one upside. Yeah. I think at this point, that's kind of the way things are trending. I wasn't a big Antonio Gibson fan just because, like I said, I thought that, you know, the coaching staff wasn't enchanted with Antonio Gibson anymore. They wanted to give Brian Robinson the reins. But Antonio Gibson's workload has been fantastic. And it's one thing, you know, get the receiving work. You know, you could pin it on that. Like, okay, Antonio Gibson's value is a little bit higher because he's getting the receiving work and Brian Robinson isn't getting any. Um, but he just outcarried Brian Robinson, like you said. So that is serious usage, you know, in this backfield. Even with Brian Robinson getting 15 carries, Antonio Gibson outcarried him, which is like really good. Um, it seems like they found a good formula that's going to help them to win games. Granted, this was against the Texans, and they have a really bad rush defense. But Gibson's going to be able to get it done each for you each week, like you said, as an RB two. He's a very solid play. Um, I wouldn't be upset starting him there at all. As a flex, you know, he's a really good play. RB1, I wouldn't want to start him there. But, you know, the upside, it could be coming in these next few weeks because Brian Robinson, his, he's just relegated to the early down ground game role. It, it's just 15 carries for 57 yards, five points. Like, it looks good, you know, if when you watch him play by, play to play. You know, Brian Robinson, he looks like a nice little, ha- like the hammer, the thunder to Antonio Gibson's lightning. But it, only, it doesn't amount to much in fantasy. His role is just not conducive to fantasy points. No. It's not like look at what Isaiah Pacheco did, right? Yeah, I don't think Isaiah Pacheco's a little bit better, you know, just because he looks more explosive. Yeah, well, and the offense too is better, but like it's the role that we're talking about, right? It's like even on the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco's role, you know, he went over 100 yards in that game, but like what did that really get you? He didn't score points, so and he wasn't involved in the pass game at all, so he didn't he didn't he didn't give you much, right? 10 10, 11 points, that's it. That's what we call PPR the empty standard. calories. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a standard league, sure. That's fine. That's what, that's great. But in a PPR league, like whatever, right? That's replaceable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Antonio Gibson, you know, the, the fact that, and this is, this is less about that him going up against Houston and the production that he had. Like, I don't even care. Like all I know is that like, it was it, was the production good enough? Okay, great. Now let me look at the opportunity, what the opportunity looks like. Where did the opportunity come? Oh, it came on early downs. Oh, it came on, it came on passing downs. Oh, like he's getting targeted. Like, yeah, this is what you want to see, right? And you know, he's getting targeted by Heineke, and this offense is looking okay. Um, you know, they have a couple of good receivers, they got a tight end who's coming along a little bit now. So, you know, this is an offense that you know we might see some situation. And Tony Gibson also, like, he's gonna be used near the goal line too. So he's oh, yeah. getting all of it. So yeah, a, t- it. a touchdown. A touchdown yeah. yesterday would have changed the complexion of this performance by a mile. But he yeah, still looks he really hasn't, good. Exactly, exactly, and that's why I think you know that that RB one weekly RB one ceiling is there yeah. for him. You know, I'm probably going to be ranking him as like a top 18 running back moving forward. Um, but that top 12 upside is there every single week. Yeah, okay. I think he has injected a little juice into this Washington offense, but I'm not going to call them you know a passing offense at this point. Their best chance for success is on the ground, and I think that's where. They're leaning, and that's what they're going to continue to do the rest of the season. And the funny thing is, you know, their defense has kind of stepped up. They don't look like a bad team, which is kind of annoying, you know, having the last team in your division doing so well. But, <laughs> you know, it, the Washington doesn't look bad. So this isn't a wasteland necessary, as as much of a wasteland as it was earlier in the season. And, and you know, after the game, Ron Rivera said that he's going to stick with Heineke for the rest of the year, and Carson yep. Wentz is going to be the backup. 
What that means is that Terry McLaurin, even though he didn't have an amazing game this past week, he is going to get the target share for the rest of the year. And this just boosts his value for the rest of the season, which is, this yeah. is amazing. If you have McLaurin, you know, he didn't have the, mo- the m- most amazing game this past week. Um, it's probably because I ran him as a top 10 wide receiver. Might um, be. <laughs> but like r- moving forward, you're happy. Yeah. You're happy that that 100%. this that, that this move was officially made by Ron Rivera. That's the thing about Taylor Heineke. He knows to throw to Terry McLaurin. You know, and yeah. Carson Wentz, he wasn't doing bad. He was distributing the ball, but it just wasn't going to Terry McLaurin the way that it should have. You know, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel's good, Jahan Dotson's good. But when you have a guy like Terry McLaurin of his stature, you know, and obviously he's a leader on the team, and you don't get him the ball, you know. Taylor Heineke, I think, understands that you can get him the ball. He's going to do good things. And that's not just for fantasy, but for the team overall. And it's going to continue to go that way now that he's a starter. 100%. And by the way, uh, Curtis Samuel scored a rushing touchdown, but he hardly got any targets. You have another You have another week. You, you have like one day to sell him. Yeah. Just get rid of him. If your trade deadline hasn't even passed. But yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm assuming I think the trade deadline yeah. would be today or tomorrow, like for your league, if, if, if the deadline was this week. Right. Basically. Okay. Terrible, terrible outing for Damian Pierce. Mm-hmm. 10 carries for eight yards, was on the field for 77% of snaps. But Davis Mills and this offense, like you have alluded to multiple times on this show, is yeah. holding back Pierce a ton. It is such a problem because, like I said, the talent is just so good with Damian Pierce. He looks really good and looked like for a second you might be able to overcome this offense. You might be able to be the motor for this offense and at least will it to some relevance but this offense is just terrible the passing game is non-existent davis mills he's going to be replaced after this season no surprise there they're going to be drafting a quarterback coming up in this next draft and you might just have to eat it with damian pierce now if you didn't sell like i told you to a couple weeks ago (laughs) but um i'm just saying you you might have been right about that dude i i've I've, this was my concern and i'm not saying it's going to continue because washington they're not a bad front you know, they're not a bad defense. And Chase Young's be coming back, but that's not going to affect Damian Pierce. However, this was the concern that he wouldn't get, he wouldn't be able to produce enough because the touchdowns weren't there. A touchdown wouldn't have even saved him yesterday. The offense is just so bad. There's no chance of him having any type of upside at this point, I don't think. I think his ceiling is now a, a mid-RB2, uh, unless his offense turns on a complete dime and looks a lot better than it is. Because otherwise... You know, Damian Pierce, we saw against the Eagles, he could rush for 139 yards and not score, and he just could be a middle-of-the-pack running back. Um, and today, not today, yesterday, we saw this offense really just fall flat on its face against Washington, and he turned in a really bad performance for you this week. And his value is – it's just cratered these past two weeks. With that being said, I'm not benching Damian Pierce. No, I, I'm not I, saying you I, bench him, but – I'm still starting him as a mid-RB2 you know, against Miami next week and against Cleveland the week after that. Um, you know, it, it's one of those situations where he's on a bad offense and you're going to have these type of games. Um, if you need an RB2 at this point, after this bad of a performance, you can buy him and you don't have to spend that much. Yeah. Um, you know, because he only had, what, like three points in this game? That's what in it PPR was. At least he had 3.7 <laughs> PPR points in this game. So people yeah. are frustrated. Uh, he hasn't had a big game since before his buy several weeks ago. So you'll be able to get him cheap but don't have the same RB1 type of expectations. He, he, he can still have those weeks like he had before. Like if, if he's, you know, against Philly, you know, he had the 139 yards just two weeks ago. If he scored a touchdown in that game, that would have been an RB1 week. Um, yeah. It can still happen. And he hasn't scored a touchdown since before his bye where he scored three in a row. Um, yeah. So those touchdowns can come. It's just that 
you know, it's one of those situations where you, you got to, you know, I, you know, as of right now, you know, I love the role switching for him. Over mm-hmm. the last three weeks, though, he has totaled six targets over the last yeah. three weeks. That's not going to get it done. You no. know, um, and three of those if, targets if came yesterday. Three targets yesterday, three targets the week before, and zero the week before that against Philly. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to be on a bad offense, you can't depend on, you know, early down carries for your fantasy running back. It's just not, it's just not going to work out that way. So for Damian Pierce, uh, he's an early down back on a bad offense who's not getting targets. That's not a recipe for continued success, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's unfortunate. Uh, his talent is there. It, it, it yeah. can get better. I don't think it's going to anytime soon, but down the stretch, it, it, it could be a little bit better. Just right now, this offense is in a funk, and it's already a bad offense. You get a bad offense in a funk, this is what you get from your running back. <laughs> 100%. And, you know, it's not like his schedule is that great anyway, to be honest with you. No, like, even, even in the fantasy playoffs, you know, he has Kansas City, Tennessee, and Jacksonville. With the KC, you know, with KC, like, you know, it's not the best matchup in the world. And on top of that, will they be in a negative game script? Potentially. Tennessee, really, really tough matchup in Tennessee. And then Jacksonville, you know, he could come through in that game. Yeah. But, uh, Jacksonville would be a good spot for him to come through but that's way off in the distance at this point. <laughs> it, it, chances are, chances if are. you have Damian Pierce, you know, you're you not going to be playing for a championship. You're not going to be in a championship when that, oh, when that comes. Fighting <laughs> words, fighting words, yeah. Zach. All right. <laughs> the, the Colts, they had two two-minute drives in this game, one in the first to end the first half, one for a potential game-winning field goal in the second half, and Deion Jackson was on the field. For both of them. That's what are the Colts doing? What are the Colts doing here? And why, why are they doing that? Jeff Saturday, I thought we were better than this. You saw, you showed us what you can do last week. I just, <laughs> you play fantasy football, you hand it off your team to, to, to somebody else. Come on, dude. <laughs> All right. Like, you, if, you're, if your team is trying to win the game at the end of, you know, in the fourth quarter, you can't have Deion Jackson on the field, man. Right. All right. Deion Jackson caught four balls for three yards. Okay. Can we put Jonathan Taylor in? on those situations, please. All right. I mean, this is a a minor nitpick because JT got it done, but like JT being out there in those situations takes him from being an RB one play to a high end RB one play. If he gets two minute situations, his value moves up like a good 20%. (laughs) So it it seems like, you know, that Jonathan Taylor is going to be able to do good things you know have rb1 weeks with the work that he's given right now uh the talent obviously is there and he's been looking good so far right like over these past two weeks so you know judging by what i've seen from jonathan over the last two weeks you're good to go for the rest of the season 100 like i wouldn't worry about anything with jonathan taylor but 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 they don't have naheem hines anymore man you don't need to put Deion jackson on the field for those situations it is what it is it sucks i did not see this coming because Deion Jackson just a replacement level player. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy, and he's in the NFL. He's probably doing much better than I can do. So I, I don't want to, you know, just crap on Zach. We are not comparing him to you. Yes, me. I know. We're I know. Comparing him I'm to saying, other NFL players. What if Deion Jackson <laughs> listens to his podcast? He's like, "Hey, don't listen to Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast." You know, I'm just thinking. <laughs> I'm just making sure. No one's going to be able to hear him. Yeah, <laughs> no one knows him. Yeah, but. Jonathan Taylor needs to be on the field in those situations. He's your best offensive weapon, and you're not going to have him on the field when you need to go get points. Like, it felt like the Colts went up, and then they were just like, oh, we're up against the Eagles, and then they just started playing keep away. You know, Jonathan Taylor, 
he had 48 yards on the first drive. He finished with 84. You know, yeah. that's it. Like, why would you stop giving it to Jonathan Taylor? That worked for you the first drive. You go away from it completely. Um, obviously, you know, there's nuance to the game more than that. But, you know, I'm not and I'm not complaining about the way Jonathan Taylor produced either. He did just fine, you know, for what we wanted him to do. But like you said about his value being much higher, if you can get those two minute snaps, you wouldn't think it's going to be that much of a difference. You know, if a player gets a two minutes, the two minute snaps or not, but it makes a huge difference. It does. You catch because you, you're on a drive. Leagues. Yeah, you're on a two minute drive. If your offense going to fa- down the field, if you catch three passes for 25 yards, that's five and a half more points for you on top of whatever, just at the end of the half within two minutes. You know, exactly. It's a huge difference. And that's kind of what we saw with Jonathan Taylor. If he had just a couple more catches, you know, he, he, he would have had a much better week, obviously. But um, he, he could have cracked the 20 point threshold. Exactly. Uh, that's he, what I was going to say. He, he would have. That's like that's like my bar for okay. You had a good week, twenty points. It's like that's where you had a really good week. He could have hit that if he was just on the field for just even one of those drives. You know, two drives, and you put Deion Jackson in both of them. Like try putting Jonathan Taylor in for one. Just see how he does. Like, <laughs> we know he can run the ball, but he can catch a ball too. We talked about he this can. last week that he can't catch. You know, he's not you know this world breaking Naeem Hines talent when he's pass catching, but he can get it done. And I think definitely better than Deion Jackson. Um, Jackson had that one game where he had 10 catches a couple weeks ago in relief of Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines. But um, outside of that, like you said, he hasn't shown anything to say that he should be on the field over Jonathan Taylor. He had 10 catches, but it's not like he took those 10 catches and did like, had like 100 yards with or anything like yeah. that. He was pretty yeah. inefficient on that too. So, but right. Anyway, all right. That's enough. We digress. <laughs> um, so something that, you know, I'd be happy about if I had Devontae Smith or AJ Brown, even though they didn't have a huge game. And, and without Dallas Goddard, you know, they got, 64% of Jalen Hurts targets, you know, those 64% went towards these two guys. So this was a tough matchup this week. I'm expecting some more, you know, blow up days for these two moving forward because 64% of targets to two players. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. And that's the way it's going to be moving forward. There's no question about whether these two are going to be contribute, be able to contribute. I I was more leery of Devontae Smith about how much of a workload he would get with Dallas Goddard out, but you know, he got nine targets and he caught six of them for 78 yards. He looks just as good, you know, maybe not in terms of explosiveness. I wouldn't say he's just as good as AJ Brown, but they're both diff- they're different receivers, but they're both very good. So both of them are capable of garnering targets like, you know, wide receiver ones should. Um, and with Jalen Hurts, a quarterback playing the way he's been playing, there's no question that they're going to be in line for some bigger weeks. And we know AJ Brown, he's been in a bit of a slump again. And we know what happens the last time he was in a bit of a slump. <laughs> We talked about the touchdowns not being there. You know, they could be coming in bunches, like you said. Not just for A.J. Brown, but for Devontae Smith. Because by anyone's standard, you know, watching the Eagles yesterday, this was a subpar performance for the offense. And they still won. Definitely. So, Yeah, they're playing the Packers on Thursday, on Sunday night. So that should be a good one. And yeah. maybe if, if the Packers put up a fight. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Christian the Eagles, Watson. Like, Christian Watson hey, can give him a shot. It's true. We'll see. It's true. And, and you know what? Like, the Packers secondary hasn't been great. Yeah. So... This could be a situation where, you know, these two can can do their thing. I'm looking forward to that. Um, let's see. I, I, it looks like the biggest beneficiary in terms of usage after the Cooper Cup injury is, is Tyler Higby. Uh, yeah. His route participation finally went back up. He's not blocking anymore. Uh, he ran about on 89% of dropbacks, uh, 29% target share, which turned into eight targets. So, you know, Alan Robinson caught his weekly four or five targets for 47 yards. I feel like that's been his <laughs> stat line. Matter of fact, I didn't, I didn't look at it. I just know that it just looked super familiar to me. Um, yeah. 
That's pretty much what his game log has been. Five for 54, yeah. four for yeah, 44. Right, yeah. yeah, that's four for about 47, what four for 44, three for 24, five for 54, five for 63. Yeah, literally, like that's four what for his stat line has yep. been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is. he caught a touchdown this week, so great. Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good on him. He got it. I, I guess he's like a top 36 wide receiver. He's like a low-end wide receiver three for me, Allen Robinson. Yeah. Like Even even without Cooper Cup. Uh, not he, much changed for him. Yeah, he's not stepping into the Cooper Cup role. I mean, we knew that even before Cooper Cup went down, that he wasn't going to have that type of role in any situation, regardless of whether yeah. Cooper Cup is on the field or not. Um, but he, I guess you could say, I think his floor has gone up a little bit with Cooper Cup out to the point where sure. he might be worth consideration in your lineup as a flex. Sure. You know, um, I, I'm not expecting too much from him. I think the, you know, Matthew Stafford's down again with a concussion. Yes. I, I don't know if that's going to be an issue moving forward. You know, two concussions now in back to back weeks. I don't know if they play it safe. You know, I'm, I'm not sure really. I'm not a doctor. I don't know how they handle that, especially long term. But um, yeah. if there's any turnover at quarterback, that's obviously not good for Allen Robinson. He needed Matthew Stafford to have one of his best days of the season, you know, to put up 14 points, you know, catch that touchdown, you know, go for his token four for 40. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, if, if there's a backup, I, I don't like him very much at all. But if Matthew Stafford's playing, like I said, I think he might be worth consideration as a flex, but that's about it. His ceiling anything higher than that if he achieves anything higher than that it's just going to be you know very unexpected nobody's projecting him to have any type of high ceiling like a lot of people were saying he was going to have coming into the season he, he's been a disappointment it's yeah and, and john and john wolford which is matthew who's matthew stafford's backup he has a neck injury so he didn't play in this game um bryce perkins took over as quarterback he looked like he liked to run a little bit yeah so <laughs> someone to pay attention to uh he was scrambling quite a bit and if he ends up getting the start next week, might be worth looking at in super flex leagues. Yeah, could be. Uh, let's see. Uh, and on that, okay, so Kyron Williams ended up playing the most snaps of any Rams running back on Sunday. 55% of snaps this week. This offense stinks. If you yeah. need to drop him, go ahead. If you don't need to drop him, you know, decent hold on your bench simply because he was the clear passing down back. He was also on the field in some short yarded situations, and he also got seven carries on top of that. So, you know, in terms of who led the backfield this week, it was Cam Akers. Dal Henderson literally came on the field to start the game, and he he has he wasn't seen since. Like he, he we need to get his face on a milk carton because we have no idea what happened to him after the first quarter. No one saw him. His whereabouts <laughs> yeah. are currently unknown. Uh, so yeah. I don't know. But Kyron Williams, like he could have a three down roll, not an every down roll, but a three down roll. He kind of had a three down roll already in this game. Um, so some of some of the some of the pay attention to like if you're in a twelve team league, I think he's worth a hold in your bench if you have like six bench spots or more. Um, but other than that, I wouldn't bother because this offense stinks. But if he ends, if his snaps end up going up even more, and he's getting like fifteen touches with three or four coming in the past game, he'll have some some value. Yeah. Uh, but I love how I had to like preface every single statement I'm making because yeah. this offense stinks. <laughs> That's the way it feels with this offense, you know. And I'm going to preface this with the fact that, you know, this is backfield is not going to be um, the same week to week ever. You know, if Cam Akers got his carries this week, well, maybe next week it'll be Daryl Henderson's turn again. And maybe the next week will be Kyron Williams. You know, nobody in this backfield is going to get a secure enough workload for them to really, you know, be worth consideration in my mind to start in any type of league unless you're really in trouble. Um, the offense stinks. 
The run game is not good. Their offensive line is in shambles, which is like one of the roots of the problems. It doesn't help that Matthew Stafford's going to be out again, but Matthew Stafford hasn't exactly been good either. Cam Akers isn't at all what we thought he would be. Daryl Henderson has been mediocre, you know, in, in his performance, at least for fantasy, you know, in, in filling in for whatever Cam Akers wasn't going to do. And then Kyron Williams, he's the only one that I think you could still have hope for as far as upside goes because he didn't look bad playing. You know, no. we've seen Cam Akers look bad. We've seen Daryl Henderson look bad. Haven't seen Kyron Williams look bad yet. And that might not happen this season, uh, the way things are going. And you're not going to be able to evaluate him, obviously, in this offense right now. But he's the only one that really gives me hope to have any type of upside in this backfield. So if you're shooting for upside in this backfield and just hoping for the best and you're really in a crappy spot, then, yeah, Kyron Williams, I would hold him just in case things start swinging his way a little bit more. But I wouldn't count on any type of relevant fantasy production to help you get in the playoffs um, or in the playoffs, you know, for the rest of the season. No Rams season. What a well. what a high what a high bar we're setting for Kyron right. Williams here. It's like <laughs> he's the only guy who doesn't suck. It's not his fact. fault. It's not his fault. That we're setting <laughs> the bar so low. It's, it's it's not your fault, Kyron. No, <laughs> it's not your fault. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like, it's just yeah, a I mean, season for the Rams. Yeah, one hundred percent. Uh, do you think Deion Jackson's like mad at us right now? That's something. What about. is he in the chat? <laughs> no, 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 I'm just wondering. We've been talking shit. Uh, yeah, listen, man. Now like, you're, you're thinking about it. <laughs> if you're listening, man, like I feel bad. Like I'm a nice guy. I like to be a nice guy, so I don't want to talk too much shit. Actually, I want to talk shit about DeAndre Swift real quick. Um, he, he ran a touchdown in, okay, yeah. but he's still the third option in the Lions' backfield behind Jamal Williams and Justin Jackson. Uh, mm. Jamal Williams, though, three touchdowns on the ground. This dude cannot stop scoring touchdowns. He he's another one. <laughs> It's like you can't take him out of your lineup either because you no. never know when he's going to have two touchdowns or three. Yeah, hey, he, or zero. Evened, he evened out because what happened was we said he was good for two touchdowns or zero. Then last week, out of nowhere, he scored one. And I was like, oh, we got to get those two touchdowns <laughs> somehow. So let's spread it out. It might not be in one week, but we're going to spread it out. We're going to get three touchdowns to bring the total back to a nice even 12 touchdowns on the season. Like, that's just ridiculous. Um, Jamal Williams, you know, he, he's been a really good piece for you if you have him, you know. No one, I don't think, expected him to have this type of workload this deep in the season. But at this point, you know, DeAndre Swift, I'm hitting the panic button. He did score. Okay, cool. But what is he doing You know, getting less carries than Justin Jackson? It, it makes no sense. Like, DeAndre Swift, I've seen him run. He's very talented. I, it's just not making sense to me why they wouldn't use him. He has to be healthy at this point. He has to be. He looks good. Yeah. Yeah, he has to he be. looks good. Why are we using three running backs? You know, it, it makes no sense. If anything, you know, at least make it just a split between Williams and Swift. Williams has proven himself. He's a good running back. But, you know, give Williams the goal line. Okay, that's fine. Give Swift the receiving work. Give Swift just some carries on early downs. Why is Justin Jackson playing? It, it is, and Justin Jackson doesn't look bad either. It's not It's not Justin Jackson. It's just DeAndre Swift is... He's been there. He's been good. We've seen what he can do on the Lions offense, and suddenly he's just not getting used anymore. I'm hitting the panic button. There's no reason for this to happen. But if you have DeAndre Swift, this is dire straits. You're supposed to have uh, an RB1 coming back from injury, and he hasn't done that. And he doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon either. You can't start DeAndre Swift right now, like unless you're desperate. Yeah. Unless you're, unless you're, you're desperate. <laughs> and 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 he's like, at least he's been scoring right like that's you know but the touches haven't been there right. at all um but yeah dude um jamal williams is the current rb13 on the year 
Unbelievable. It's, it's amazing. As a touchdown leader, he's only the RB13, but that tells you it's just like, you know. Well, he's not involved a, in the passing game at all. It's just a mess of right? a backfield right now. Uh, well, and, you know what? I am looking at PPR. Let's look at his standard leagues. Which he's higher. He has in, to be higher. In standard time. leagues, in, non, in non-PPR leagues, he is the overall RB6 on the yeah. year. You Unbelievable. Know, it's weird. Just a side note for this discussion, but PPR, I feel like they should just call PPR standard now. Because I feel like most leagues are PPR. That's why I try to say non-PPR whenever I can. Right. I'm saying standard. Yeah. Yeah. Because most but, people who start out in fantasy now, they just they go straight PPR. to PPR. Yeah. I, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it makes it much more fun, I, I think. think. So. But uh, yeah, adds a layer. For sure. More points, more fun. Yeah. Unfortunately, it looks like Wandale. By the way, I just got some news on Kyle Pitts here. Uh, he, he seemed to have suffered a 20 MCL, and he's going to need surgery. So it looks like... He might be out for a little bit, but he's going to have a second opinion to see what his next course of action is going to be. Yeah. All so, right. uh, I mean, I was I was assuming Kyle Pitts was going to miss time, and it seems like that's going yeah. To be it seems like it. Um, it looks like Wandell Robinson has also suffered a serious knee injury, um, torn ACL confirmed by the Giants. He's going to be out for the season, and he did it after going off, dude. Thirteen yeah. targets, caught nine of them for a hundred yards. It looks like he could be a very good receiver in the NFL, but we might not. We, we're not going to see him this yeah. season. And it, it, hopefully, he makes a big recovery and you know comes back next 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 year pretty strong. I think he can do it. You know, I'm not going to put it past him. He's still super young. There's no reason to think that this is going to you know derail his career or anything. Yeah. But it's upsetting because like finally looked like the Wondell Robinson that we wanted him to be for fantasy football. Mm-hmm. And granted, the Giants were playing from behind, you know, and throwing. A lot from behind with Daniel Jones is going to present its challenges, but he was yeah, he was getting it done. He had 13 targets. That's really good. Um, you know, Darius Slayton himself had 10. Also, uh, it was a high volume game, uncharacteristically high volume game. But Wanda Robinson, you know, it looked like he was going to actually finally have some value and be worth consideration in his starting lineup. And now he's not going to be he's not going to be able to. So the injury sucks. Um, like you said, wish him a speedy recovery. I think he will. He'll come back strong. He'll be good next season. But um, oh, oh, he was he was looking really good. That's all you can really yeah. say. At this I point. know. And uh, Darius Slayton had ten targets himself. He caught five of them for eighty six yards, and he's yeah. going to be their wide receiver one moving forward uh, until the Giants sign OBJ. Now, let me ask you a question. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do you think that <laughs> whoever wins on Thanksgiving between the Giants, this is a big game between the Giants and the Cowboys, yeah. right? Whoever yeah. wins this game is going to lead the division. But you think whoever wins on Thanksgiving? between the Giants and the Cowboys will be the team who ends up signing OBJ. Is this the OBJ sweepstakes game? It might be the OBJ bowl. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of sway, I think, in this game for Odell Beckham Jr. I think ultimately, if he wants to go for a championship, he should go for Dallas. However, Dallas has been allergic to signing anybody. <laughs> you know, They don't sign players midseason, really. The last time they did that, they traded for Mari Cooper, and they, they don't really sign players, big-name players like this midseason. Um, you know, obviously the sway of New York for Odell might be contributing to Odell going there a little bit more. I think he should go to Dallas, but they might be able to offer him a bigger contract. The need might be more now with Wondell Robinson out. Not that they had a bunch of talent at receiver in the first place, but now that Wondell Robinson's out, they might be willing to fork over more money to get some help at receiver than Dallas is. Can I say something, though? Like, yeah. if I'm Odell, I tore my ACL a couple times. Do I really want to play on that turf? At no. my life? No. No. You don't. don't do it, Odell. Like, don't do it. Okay. Like, th- <laughs> this is, I feel like 
teams should boycott that's that stadium you know just yeah. like that that turf like because people getting people getting injured on it left or right this was a home game for the giants yesterday by the way guys okay wandale like he tore that acl on that same turf yeah okay i, so I don't like, know what causes that with the turf but it's just weird so like, what causes it is with the artificial turf it there's no give to it okay so like when you plant there's a chance that your leg gets kind of like it's kind of like it's stuck Right, like you can get oh, kind of okay. stuck in that turf, and then like you're trying to make a cut, and your leg doesn't follow, right? So yeah. like that's so why mm-hmm. that's why it happens a lot on those non-contact injuries too, because you know you're you're not it doesn't have anything to do with contact. Sometimes you're trying to move and your leg doesn't move with you, and then it ends up tearing the ligament, and it's like, you know, you don't need to do that. Um, yeah, and apparently this is not an easy hard thing to do to switch this out. Um, and yeah. you could do it in days, mm-hmm. so it's like the Giants can just do this for the next home game. Like they, they really can. Ultimately, I think Dallas is going to win the OBJ Bowl, the sweeps. Really? You know, I, I feel like they're, I feel like they're going to get even it. in Dallas, huh? For that reason, I, I feel like Dallas is going to win. That they're oh, going wait, to get. I'm Odell. confused. I'm confused. They're going to get Odell. Who's going to get Odell? Dallas. I think Dallas wins this game on Thanksgiving okay. too. Okay, I, gotcha. I think. I hope, but I think Odell goes to Dallas. I think so too. Um. And as far as what that would, you know, mean for receivers like C.D. Lamb, I don't think it's going to affect them that much because there hasn't been that much production outside of C.D. Lamb at the wide receiver position for Dallas. So if anything, maybe it'll help. It'll draw some coverage away. But um, Odo would have, I think he immediately steps in, even though Michael Gallup, you know, he's a fan favorite. Um, I think that he'd step in and be the wide receiver too. I, I yeah. think ultimately he's going to go to Dallas. I think that the game will have some sway, but if the Cowboys win, I think it's going to be, you know, just an immediate signing, um, Odell with Dallas, because at that point Dallas will be eight and three. They'll be they'll have beaten the Giants twice. Um, yeah, Dallas should win. Dallas should get Odell. That would be best case scenario. Not just as a Cowboys fan, but for Odell's fantasy prospects too. I think I would agree. Uh, really disappointing day from Saquon Barkley though. Like, yeah, he was on the he was on the Nick Chubb vibe this week. Fifteen <laughs> carries for twenty two yards uh, against the Lions. Like really? That that's a little yeah sad. <laughs> really? Like I I thought he was gonna have like 120 yards in this game. To be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, better weeks ahead for Saquon. Yeah. But Tony Pollard and ah. Zeke yep. each had 15 carries in this game. If you had to guess what happened here, what do you think happened? Zeke went ahead to average 2.8 yards per carry, and Pollard went ahead to take those 15 carries for 80 yards, which would mm. be more than five yards a carry. But yeah. Zeke ended up with two touchdowns on the ground, and Pollard ended up with more than 100 yards receiving and two touchdowns through the air. So at this point, if Pollard still has a chance of seeing 20 touches, like even with Zeke on the field, which I think the Cowboys are starting to realize now, like get the ball in this dude's hands, you can't yeah. take him out of your lineup. The no. Cowboys just select the Vikings in Minnesota, 40-3. to three. Um just a game to forget for the Vikings. But listen, man, if you have Pollard, I don't think you can take him out of your lineup right now. No. I, I don't think you can take him out of your lineup. I think you can put him in at wi- not wide receiver, RB1 and be happy at this point. The way that he's I mean, he used. was a wide receiver one this week. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was. But, Over 100 um, yards and two touchdowns to the air? Yeah. Yeah. No, he was a wide receiver one. But the usage that Tony Pollard is getting, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is starting to look more like, you know, the change of pace back. Now, 
Tony Pollard, you know, he's the complete package. And Ezekiel Elliott is now, you know, the thumper at the goal line, the thumper for the short yard situation. Yeah. And that's not to say Zeke looked bad. You know, 15 carries for 42 yards doesn't sound fantastic, 2.8 yards a carry, but he, he didn't look bad. He did what he was asked to do. Um, and he put up a respectable day for fantasy, too, even with Tony Pollard going off. But you want to talk about upside? This is what we've been talking about the whole season. You know, with Tony Pollard having the upside, he just has to be unlocked. Um, is this his second game now with over 20 opportunities or is this his third? I think it's, I think it's his second. The concern a couple of weeks ago at, uh, against the bears was, you know, was the workload going to be there? He produced despite the workload. Now he's getting the workload. We're seeing everything start to kind of align up for him. And this is a rest of season RB one. I think, you know, the, this is you the know, only the way he's playing. This is the second game. This is the second game over 20 carries. I'm, I'm sorry, over 20 opportunities for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so are you ranking him in your top twelve next week? I feel like he has to be at, at least low end top twelve. Just the way that he's playing, I the way he's probably, being used. Probably, I would probably agree with you, man. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I can think of eleven running backs I'd rather start than Tony Pollard. Yeah, I mean the thing is, I would keep him at low end for this week because they did say Zeke was going to be, you know, kind of held back a little bit in terms of his usage yeah. with that yeah. knee brace, but. The way that the Cowboys' offense looks with Tony Pollard getting the majority of the carries, I don't think they can go back to Zeke getting the majority of the carries at this point. I think, like you said, they're wising up to that and finding that the offense is much more well-oiled when Tony Pollard plays. Um, there's no, re- I don't think there's any reason to think that Tony Pollard doesn't get at least a nice compliment, at least 14 or 15 touches a game now. And that's all he needs. We've seen that. Here are the running backs that I will play over Tony Pollard next week, most likely. Eckler, Barkley, CMC. Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry. Mm, Ramon I know we're drawing the line. Dalvin Cook. Does it become murky? Okay, so say Alvin Joe Kamara. Mixon was say Joe Mixon would play. I'm not sure if he's he's concussed. I would play Joe yeah. Mixon over Pollard. You would? And yeah, I would probably leave him right there. So that puts him at RB12. Yep. I think that's about right. Because yeah. the the efficiency we've seen puts him there, you know, regardless. But um, if you keep well, getting actually, workload. hold on a second, hold on a second. I didn't, I didn't count ATN. Oh, I did. I didn't count um, what's his name on the Seahawks? Kenneth Walker. Uh, Kenneth Walker. So there's a few guys. A, yeah. a lot of guys are coming back from by um this week. So, you know, he's right there. Pollard's a very he's good right starter. Yeah, one hundred percent. He's Basically. a very good starter for you. If you have to put him in RB two, perfect. You know, one of the questions I got, are you starting him over Damian Pierce next week? The answer is yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I got a few of those questions yesterday. Yeah. Okay, cool. He's amazing. T Higgins is also amazing. He's finally shown what he's capable of. 13 targets, nine catches, 148 yards. That's the alpha T Higgins coming out, man. That's what I'm talking about, bro. (laughs) Yeah. That's what we want to see. That's what we've been waiting on. Jamar Chase might be back next week. Um, So this Bengals offense is going to be looking pretty, pretty good. Yeah. And they look good against the Steelers with TJ Watt. And obviously TJ Watt, you know, he he's his own player. He's very good. And he changes the way this defense plays. But Bengals offense looked fantastic. T. Higgins, you know, he said finally did his thing. And he finally got the target share that we wanted to. He got 13 targets. You know, he, he looked really good. I'm not sure what Trent Irwin was doing, catching a touchdown before Tyler Boyd. You know, dude, I can't tell you what happened with Tyler Boyd in this game, man. It was an amazing matchup for him. He had a terrible game. He was hardly targeted in the first half of that game. You know, we upgraded Boyd pretty heavily with Chase out, and he's been worse with Chase out, which Which is is crazy. Like he, yeah, he was getting it done, you know, like crazy. 
Um, you know, when I traded away Tyler Boyd early on in the year, I'm like, you know, this kind of sucks because Chase just got hurt and now like he looks like a wide receiver too, but no. No, he, was he wasn't even a wide receiver three. Um, you know, during this span, which is crazy. Joe Mixon might be out with a concussion. Uh he'll be in protocol this week. So Samaje P. Ryan would be the waiver wire running back uh for the week to pick up, probably one of the only ones. Um, yeah. but he ended up scoring three touchdowns. Three receiving touchdowns from Joe Burrow. Literally all of them looked the same. Like all three of them were literally at the right pylon yep. <laughs> by a hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh so uh he'll, you know, if Joe Mixon misses, he's gonna be a three down back on a good offense. So he'll be a borderline RB. Like he's gonna be kind of in that tier, I would say, with Tony Pollard, like around that high end RB two spot uh next week if Mixon misses against Tennessee. It's a it's a tough matchup though. Uh mm-hmm. but I am play, playing P Ryan over a guy like like Damian Pierce. Would you play P Ryan over Pollard? Uh I would not because of the matchup. Yeah. I, I don't it's feel a like a tough you matchup could. against Tennessee. Yeah. I don't think Samaj P. Ryan, especially if Jamar Chase is back next week. I don't think he's gonna be a focal point. You know, may, like maybe he was last week or just yesterday, I should say. It's funny saying last week, but it was, you know, technically last week. But, it was yesterday, yeah. Yeah. So Samaj P. Ryan, he he's worth a waiver wire pickup. Um, just temper expectations with him a little bit because like we said, Jamar Chase comes back, they're gonna have their full receiving complement back on the perimeter. And Joe Burrow, you know, this is still a pass first offense, especially with Joe Mixon out. That's gonna be the case. Um, I don't think they're going to give Samaj P. Ryan as many carries as they're going to give targets. Targets are going to come, I think, a lot quicker than carries for Samaj P. Ryan. But um, he, he'll be he'll be a fine spot starter for you, I think. Like you said, I would put yeah. him over Damian Pierce. Yeah, I would I would consider him a high end RB two next week. You know, just the, the offense that he's on. If you're a three down back for a good offense, like it doesn't matter who you are. And he honestly, I think P. Ryan's a good player. I, I I do like yeah. In, in the times that he's got an opportunity, like in his career, you know, without Joe Mixon and stuff like that, like he's been he's been pretty solid. He's he's I wouldn't call him a high end receiving back, but he's definitely a plus receiving back. Yeah, I would say so. I I, I still think Joe Mixon's a better receiving back than he is. Yeah. So it's one of those situations where like, why are you taking Joe Mixon off the field? But that, that's <laughs> right, a conversation yeah. for another day. Yep. Uh, Najee Harris had another twenty carry game. Uh, it's worth noting that Jalen. Warren suffered a hamstring injury, so it looks like Najee's going to get his passing down rollback. Uh, and he did get six targets in this game. Uh, but Najee coming through with 90 yards rushing and two touchdowns against the Bengals, which was a tough defense, uh, rush defense especially. And he's looking yeah. a little bit better lately, lately, man. 26 opportunities is 26 opportunities. So mm-hmm. are we upgrading Najee rest of the season? I want to see it again. I mean, obviously, we just saw two back-to-back pretty good performances, but I want to see it one more time before I say that because my faith in his ceiling has been tested, you know, the whole season coming up in these last two games. It's looking better. I think we can rank him a little bit higher. Rest for this week, we can rank him a little bit higher. I wouldn't say Let rest of the season just yet. Do you think his floor went from 10 points, 10 PPR points a game to 13 and a half? No. I'm still keeping it at 10. I don't think the floor has gone <laughs> up. Maybe if he gets that receiving work, but, you know, like we said, rookie quarterbacks, even though Kenny Pickett, you know, he's been starting a little while now, they still tend to try to do too much, and the the targets don't necessarily come to the running backs very quickly because they want to try to do too much and extend the play. They don't want to look to their check down. If that receiving work kind of, you know, we see a, a, a repeat of the receiving work they got yesterday, next week, then I'll move his floor up. But right now, I still think it's 10. He's still liable to have, you know, a dud game. 
Jalen Warren had 43% of snaps in week 10. Uh, the week before that, 29%, 23%. Najee's workload might increase by a little bit. He might be around that 85% you know, snap threshold. And, you know, I think Najee can potentially make it back to the top 24 at some point. We'll see. It Maybe would be a week. welcome. I don't know. It would be a welcome return to the top 24. But I, I just – I'm – I hear you. I'm hitting the brakes. That's he's all not doing. that good. No, he's not that good. Did but you see? Did you ever see that one play? I, I forget what it was. Who it was against? But where Najee Harris had like eight yards of open field ahead of him, and he just like cut back and forth for five seconds and gains yeah. three yards on, like, on fourth down. Yeah. So it's like that scares me because like, even though it was you know obviously a couple of weeks ago, but we saw that happening. He might be creating his own inefficiency. You know, it might not be the blocking because he had plenty of space there. He might be trying yeah. to do too he, much. He, he definitely looked a lot better yesterday. He looked he looked good the week before too. Decent. Yeah. So, hopefully, if you have Najee, this is the best case scenario for you right now. Yeah. Um, Pat Frymuth, twelve targets from Kenny Pickett, eight catches for seventy nine yards. He's an every week start, no question about it. Okay, twenty nine percent target share yesterday, twenty seven percent the week before. Top five tight end rest of way, no questions asked. This is an easy one. If you have Frymuth, if you traded low for him last week, yeah, he's gonna get it done for you. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, 12 targets to a tight end in today's landscape, take it oh, yeah. and run. Doesn't matter if he's oh, even yeah. catching. Doesn't matter if he catches four of those. The target share is there. That's all you need to know. Um, He's he's going to get Even it on a shitty offense. Even on a yeah. shitty offense. Like, yep. that's fine. It, ha- it has to go. The ball has to go somewhere. And if he can make a living, like, he caught eight of 12. If he caught four of 12, you know, it would have been fine. Um, What's it called? If he catches 9 of 12, 10 of 12, it has room to get better. As long as the targets are coming, that's all you can ask for pretty much nowadays with the tight end. And he has it. Breaking news. Melvin Gordon has been released by the Broncos. His time in Denver is over. That where, Whoever just tweeted that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, it's Latavius Murray right now. Okay. Chase Edmonds was injured. In yesterday's game. So who is going to be the guy? Is it just Latavius right now? Should Latavius Murray just get a massive boost in value? Is Latavius, I'm wondering. Yeah. Maybe maybe he does. Well, the because way- Chase Edmonds, by the way, Chase Edmonds was being used a lot yesterday's game before he got hurt. Yeah. Like he was on his way to like a potential 15 touch game and yeah. <laughs> he got hurt. And that, that, that's terrible. So uh, Chase Edmonds, you know, we, I'm going to like, it's interesting to see like, hey, is Chase Edmonds. Uh, is he okay? Because if it's mm-hmm. if it's if his injury is not that serious, he will be somebody that we should be picking up off the waiver wire this week. Yeah, um, I, I think that Latavius Murray could be a nice pickup. Uh, I'm not sure Chase Edmonds, if he's not, you know, injured too bad, he could be picked up. But I think Latavius Murray is going to have a better, you know, is Latavius Murray rostered in more than fifty percent? I, I would assume I he would have been already. He's rostered twenty five percent of leagues on sleeper. Oh, never mind. Oh, yeah. You got to pick up Latavius, though. Yeah, for pick sure. Pick him up 100%. Just go get him because, you know, this Denver offense, they score one touchdown a week. <laughs> and he's been the touchdown it, scorer a couple of weeks. His. That's his MO. Yeah. He, he, he just, he's going to run for 50 yards and a touchdown every week. And, and that's what he's been doing, you know, this season. That's what he's done everywhere else he's played is on the Saints, you know, wh- wherever he's gone, he's been doing that, having that type of production. Uh, definitely worth a pickup this week. He could be, a spot RB2 starter for you if you need him. 
I'm curious to see how. Like, I'm really curious now. Like, what is just Chase Edmonds' injury? He's an ankle injury, but is it serious or not? All right, right. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Um, before we end this podcast, Kadarius Tony. Okay, I don't want to talk too much about it because this is I can't deal with it. Right. Harley involved to start the game. You know, had one target. He left with a hamstring injury. All right, let's let's remove him from the potential league winner list right now. Okay, yep. maybe we should have seen this coming. Maybe we should have thought that maybe he does have a perpetual hamstring problem, you know, even though we thought it was magically repaired by coming to Kansas City. But this isn't a good look for him at all. And, like, what was even more interesting is that he wasn't on the field for most of the plays to start the game. And mm-hmm. all this hype just to come crashing down. And, of course, last week when he scored that touchdown, of course he had to be limping in the end zone, pretending his hamstring was hurt. And now this week, his hamstring's hurt. Yeah. Can't be doing that. Can't be doing that, Kadarius. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, I think we had um, one of the overlays that we put on here. It's it's not here right now, but I put in that Kadarius Tony was hamstringing your lineup this week. <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever, but that's what he did. I mean, clever. I was I was so looking forward to seeing Kadarius Tony, you know, explode on Sunday night. You know, like this was a matchup we were kind of waiting for. All that anticipation too. The the, the schedule makers moving it to Sunday night. They flex this game to Sunday night, right? I think that's what they yeah. did. And, you know, building up the anticipation all day, sitting there with Kadarius Tony. Can't wait to see what he does. And he puts up a donut. That was just like, that might be one of the bigger letdowns of the season. You know, just by, on a week-to-week basis. Uh, that's a pretty big letdown. It really is. I'm done. Travis Kelsey, <laughs> he goes ahead and has a 100-yard, three-touchdown game to help you win your week. We talked about that already. Sky Moore saw six targets on only 16 routes run. Um, I would thought that he would have ran run more routes even with Kadarius Tony getting banged up, but nope. Uh, he was really the only Chiefs pass catcher that mattered in this one, you know, outside of Travis Kelsey, pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know, we had Justin Watson catch a long pass, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great throw, by the way. That Justin Watson, like it was a over the shoulder, amazing. Um, yeah. Are we surprised? Keenan Allen was back. <laughs> Mike Williams was back. But Williams left right after his first catch. He seemed to re-aggravate that high ankle sprain. Wasn't a good look for him. He no. left the game, didn't return. Keenan Allen came back when not five for ninety-four on eight targets and seemed to let leave the game unscathed. This is a huge sign of relief for everyone who has Keenan Allen. Yeah. Okay, seems like you could actually play him as a wide receiver too moving forward. The good news with Allen is that he was able to do that on somewhat limited reps too. Uh, he only ran a route on seventy-four percent of dropbacks. So. Expect that to move up to 90, 95% uh, moving forward. But of course, on everybody's bench, it was Josh Palmer who went for eight. He went eight for 106 and two touchdowns on 10 targets. With Keenan back, Mike Williams back, he probably didn't start Josh Palmer. You're like, what is he going to do? Yeah. This is what he did. He ended up ruining your night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I woke up. I, I'll admit, I went to bed a little bit earlier than the game ended. I, I wasn't watching because I got early mornings, but. Josh Palmer, I woke up. I was like, what is he doing? He has no business scoring 30 points with, you know, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen starting the game. And granted, Mike Williams, like you said, went down really early, which was really disappointing. Um, I made a couple of lineup recommendations this week to, saying to start Mike Williams. Some people who DM me um, can't really account for the injury happening like that. So I feel bad. But he would he would have had a good game. Yeah. Josh Palmer, you know, you don't want to overreact to this performance, but. With Keenan Allen operating on the other side, now he's no longer drawing that, you know, top coverage. Not that I think anyone was shadowing him in the first place, but having another weapon on the field for, you know, like Keenan Allen on the other side, it might free up Josh Palmer a little bit to be a bigger contributor. 
than he has been the past few weeks. And the other thing that I want to note, just with these pass catchers coming back, is that did Justin Herbert look better? I, th- I yeah. thought he looked really good. You know, obviously 20 really points. Good. It wasn't a fantastic performance, but it's much better than what we've seen from him. And I think that, you know, better days are coming even than yesterday. You know, we saw him look better with more weapons. And now, you know, if hopefully Mike Williams is back sooner rather than later. But with Keenan Allen on the field, I think Justin Herbert looked like a completely different quarterback. I think that Keenan Allen on the field makes a much bigger difference than Mike Williams being on the field for oh, Justin yeah. Herbert. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, Josh Palmer, I think he's going to be able to do his thing moving forward. If if Mike Williams has to miss time, the Chargers has to have the Cardinals next week, which is a good matchup. They have the Raiders the week after that, which is a good matchup. The Dolphins the week after that, which is a good matchup. The Titans the week after that, which is a good matchup. So, yeah, some good matchups on the yeah. way. So, if you have Josh Palmer, keep him. Um, if you don't have him and he's available, pick him up. Yeah. Pretty much. And okay. if your trade deadline isn't, you know, if you still can trade, I'd say go trade for Justin Herbert if you need a QB. Yes, I've been kind agreed. of beating a dead horse on that one, but go trade for him. <laughs> All right, last topic, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He was somewhat involved early, uh, but he's already been diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. Andy Reid just came out. Andy Reid didn't even look at the prognosis. He just like, yo, he has an injury. He's out. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I drop him at this point. I drop CEH. Um, it looks like his, this early down job is Pacheco's moving forward. Uh, he did have his first 100-yard rushing game this week on only 15 carries. It was a good matchup, though. Uh, yeah. But he has a pretty good schedule rest of the season for running back. So uh, Ronald Jones is likely going to be active moving forward. Uh, so he's worth a prospective add as like the early down handcuff to Pacheco in, in deeper leagues. And that's that's really about it. But if you have Pacheco, it looks like you can start him as like a low-end RB2. Um, you know, but he's going to be touch-on dependent, though. Yeah. Keep in mind... But there are three games on Thursday for Thanksgiving. So we'll be doing our shows as normal up to Tuesday. And then we're going to be doing our quarterback. So we'll, tomorrow we're going to be doing our waiver wire show. Okay. Wednesday, no trade show. We're going to be doing quarterback and running back rankings on Wednesday. Thursday on Thanksgiving, no show. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, Zach. Yeah. And then <laughs> on Friday, we'll be back in the morning instead of noon when we normally do it. So morning, so that's 9 a.m. Eastern time. And so we'll be back on uh, at that time and we'll go over our wide receiver and tight end rankings. Uh, and also on that went on the Wednesday podcast before Thursday, we'll be going over the Thanksgiving games as well. So like we'll, you'll know like all the positions that are playing on Thursday. We'll talk about all of that. So uh, yeah. So the only difference is we really won't be just doing a buy sell show this week and going forward, we probably won't either. So like usually we're probably going to be doing our quarterback our ranking shows on Wednesday and Thursday. And then we got a little special show for you guys on Fridays moving forward starting next week. Yep. Sound good? Cool. So thanks, guys, for listening. That's it for this episode. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. for the waiver wire show. It looks like we gotta add we got to add um, Latavius Murray to that waiver wire list uh, yeah. <laughs> after news that Melvin Gordon was cut. So take it easy, guys. Uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. And by the way, if Melvin Gordon's available, too, we probably have to add him, too depending on where he lands. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he's washed. I have no idea. But, uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Take it easy. Uh, I'll stop thinking out loud. You guys have a good one. Bye-bye.